Now, broadcasting on Radio Star Worldwide, it's time for Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Let's tap into your own authentic genius and live the life you desire. Join Dr. Rademacher for an enlightened conversation about our brain intelligence, our body intelligence, and our energy intelligence. And now, here's your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. All right, we're all set. Finally, awesome. Well, happy Thursday, April the 6th, I think, right? 5th, 6th. Um, are you on the it is, air? It is the 6th, yes. I had to look to see so, what day it was. <laughs> well, my days are running in, in each other. It's just crazy. And uh, I just barely made it on time today. I actually had a radio show last night. But uh, due to unfortunate circumstances on the road, it's always sad to hear those things happen. I mean, traffic was just terrible, so I didn't make it. So I'm glad that I'm here today <clears throat> just to be talking and seeing you again. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um, so I do have to make sure that my setup is the correct one right now. Um, some of the things that I have to do to make sure it all works. All right, cool. So last time we had fun, we were talking about my book. Yes. And we kind of left it off at don't complain all day. I think that's where we ended up somewhere. Dream more, complain less. And we talked about daily affirmations. You know, an affirmation is a declaration of a truth. Whilst inspirations can move us emotionally to be creative or to a higher level of consciousness. And then focusing on one thing each day. Really, here's the thing. Um, no, I'm not focusing on just one thing, but just each day. Just focus on one thing at a time and just get it done. I mean, what's the point of starting something and you just don't finish it? You know, if you get distracted by all sorts of things, focusing and completing your tasks, and completing tasks is another chapter in my book, really gives you a lot of fulfillment, uh, you, the sense of achievements, the sense of completion. And you don't have all this noise hanging in the air of stuff that's not been done you ever find that when when you have a lot of ideas and things that you want to do and you start one you get distracted you start another one then before you know it you got all these things that you want to get done mm -hmm. and then ultimately you don't get them done and it gets kind of a little stressful because you have all these emotional attachments to the outcomes and now all these emotions are kind of hanging in the wind in the breeze and that i mean I believe is is uh, a contributor to people's stress mm -hmm. because they realize that there's a kind of incompleteness or emptiness in whatever it is that's doing. What do you think? Well, that's why you should only date one person at a time. Oh, that's <laughs> no, that's it's like totally juggling all in the air. No, it doesn't work. No, that was just no, no, it was no, a no. really good <clears throat> analogy. But no, it's, it's really true because you know when you're when you. You only have your one whole self. And when you're partitioning yourself to do all these other things, it's you can't put your complete self in all these different situations at the same time. So, yeah. So if you want to write a book, that's awesome. But you, you know, can't write music at the same time. But, you know, maybe you can. But you want to do this. You want to do that. You, want, you need to put your concentration and just get one thing done at a time. Start them all at the same time. Yes. But once they're started, then you go and you finish them one at a time. That way you get everything you want done and you get to concentrate on each thing one by one. And typically the whole experience is better. It's more fulfilling. And the end result typically is also a lot better mm -hmm. when you do that. So I, I don't abide to that one in particular. But I what I do do, okay, because you know what? I, I write my book and then I have other, my blogs and I have all these other things that happen all simultaneously. So... I'm kind of that multi-dimensional guy. But the point of the matter is, is that you really got to stay focused. You got to give yourself that opportunity to stay focused on one thing for a very specific period of time, especially if you can do more things as well. But unless you're clear what those outcomes are, unless you complete the specific tasks, then, then you're going to get a lot of frustration. So <clears throat> the power of focusing on one thing. So um, did we talk about questions last time? Quality questions is the quality of life. You ask yourself better questions and you get better answers. Oh. You like that one? I like that one. Let's reiterate. All right. So here's the thing. What's a lousy question that you sometimes ask yourself? What's a lousy question? Uh-huh. 
that you sometimes ask yourself. Did I remember to eat today? That happens a lot. <laughs> I think that's a pretty lousy. Or um, I, I don't really know. Can you give me an example okay. and I will reiterate my version or something that I, I just, I need an example of a stupid right. question. So a question that a lot of people will ask themselves, which is a lousy question, <clears throat> you know, why is it that I can't lose weight or why is it that I can never succeed or why is it that I can't have the relationships that I want mm. or why? So it, all of it's kind of turned into negative because the brain is going to give you answers to the questions that you ask. So if the question is, you know, what is something that I can do or learn to be able to more effectively lose my weight right now, what would it be? And you're going to come up with a different answer. <clears throat> and way too often I think people are staying in that negative. You know, why am I so unhappy? Or why am I constantly depressed? Or why am I always frustrated? Or why am I always angry? I never ask Versus, myself any of those questions. You don't? No. Well, what's wrong with you? I know See, the answers, so why ask yourself? Why can I? <laughs> why, never, why am I not losing weight? <clears throat> well, maybe I ate a little bit too much. I should have skipped dessert. <laughs> or, or maybe I didn't work out as hard as I should have when I was boxing. Or maybe I missed doing cardio for two days in a row. You know the answers. It's subliminal. It's in your head. But why people ask questions like that when they already know the answer, I just don't get it. Well, I challenge you, by the way, okay. to, to check in with yourself for the next week. Okay. And then next week you can you can share with me. Actually, I think next week we might have Ted, you know, on the show next week. Is it next week? Uh, what's to that? Yeah, yeah, he's on the show. So um, we'll we'll do. I'm going to double team with him and 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 you know challenge you. Okay. But between now and then, you know, just check in yourself and ask yourself, you know, are there any questions that aren't really empowering? You know, maybe one question has to do with your sister. Ooh. <laughs> Okay. Why is she so full of herself? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, okay, so here's a couple you of questions. It. Here are a couple of questions. You know, first of all, what is it that I'm focusing on? What does it mean? You know, where, whatever we focus on, that's where our energy goes. You know, that's a term that I learned from Tony Robbins. Why are you laughing? I'm just sorry. I was just laughing about my sister in my head and how you totally pressed that button. You knew where to go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, um, hold on a second. Uh, chapter. Yeah, you're not reading my book, are you? Uh, shoot. It's what it's here somewhere. It's being present. You're not being present in the moment. You're <laughs> back there. So you're not working on my habits. You've got to be present. Okay. I like presence. All right. Me too. Double entendre. Um, so any, the meaning we give anything is the experience it becomes with the meaning we often attach an emotion. So it's important to have, the brain asks three questions, basically. What do I focus on? What does it mean? What am I going to do about it? And, you know, we can understand all of our behavior in that context. You know, if you focus on one thing and I focus on something entirely different and we're in the same environment, we're going to have a completely different experience. Right. So if you and I were going to a party and I went in and, and with you and you were focusing on, you know, the music. Right. Since you're a singer and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. so you'd be focused on the music and say, for example, it was the mu it was music that you don't like. OK. OK. So it, they played rap music. Uh, yeah. They'd play rap music. All right. <laughs> And so I go and I'm focusing on all the cool people that, that, that are there that are my friends. And so you and I are going to have a completely different experience, even oh. though we went to the same thing. Right? Obviously, it's also based on our values and beliefs and desires and all those things. But when we start focusing on different things, we get <clears throat> different meanings. So here's another one. Is, um, you know, what is my mood right now? What is your mood? Yeah, what? Well, no, but it's what you ask yourself, okay. not me. I'm always in a good mood. <laughs> always? 
And even if I'm not, I fake it enough where I, I fake myself out to believe that I'm happy and in a well, great mood. Why are you mood. faking it? Why would you fake it? Ah, because when you are in front, when you have a camera on you at all times, you always have to oh, be that's on. Perfect. You're just doing a job. <laughs> I'm doing my job. When I'm doing my job, so, I'm always happy. <laughs> so you're faking it now? No, I'm actually in a really good mood right now. We're good. I went boxing yesterday, okay. so oh, I'm a little you're sore. Huh? So you're all loose. I am. So here's here's another one. What is it that I want? What is it that I want? Well, actually, even better. What is it that I really want, really? You tell me what you make of that question. What is it that I really want, really? Versus just what is it that I really want? Well, you, re you, you reiterated really, <clears throat> which means you're telling yourself to really analyze and reanalyze what you truly, truly want. So I, I like the emphasis on the second really. So I mean, so stop, times... stop BSing yourself and answer truthfully. <clears throat> right. So how many times have you been invited out to an event and you felt obligated to go, and so you said, uh, I really want to go, but really you didn't. That See the happens a lot. <laughs> a lot, because there's only so many red carpet events you could do, and you're like, oh, great. Another red carpet. But it's sort of event. like you have to. So, But if mm -hmm. you really wanted to not go, then you wouldn't go, right? Um, no, I'd still go out of obligation. Right, so that's not what you really. So it's really not what I do. really, really want to do. What I really, really want to do is to, to like, be in the jacuzzi, <clears throat> relaxing. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question then is this: Are you being present? <laughs> no, I was going to try to say something funny, but it usually doesn't come out very funny. So I always, I always not say it. So. The thing is, right, mm -hmm. that if you're doing things by obligation, how nice would it be if you were more flexible, had more choices, mm -hmm. so that you could actually really do what you really wanted to do? That would be nice. And not have, yeah. <clears throat> and that's an important part of life is to find that what I call the operational flexibility so that you can just ultimately simply do what you really want to do and be happy with it. I live, I have a lifestyle now that I really enjoy and I'm always doing what I really want to do. Even the stuff that perhaps is not so much fun, I really want to do them. Not because I'm obligated to do it, but it's because I really want to do them mm. because I understand the outcome and focused on that, and focused on the meaning of it, and then I get to do it. And when I don't want to do it, then, you know, I don't. And some people don't like me for that. Oh. <clears throat> you see, I'm in a different situation. I'm still building my brand, the, mm -hmm. the brand of Windy West as a, as a personality. So I still have to go to the things uh, things that I don't necessarily want to go to, like to different parties, events, or red carpet events. The reason being is I'm putting my career or my brand above what I really want to do. So I want to do it, are but you, I you really, really, really want to, like, you know, not wear high heels. But <laughs> you know, but yeah, I am. I mean, I, I'm putting I'm putting my brand first because I'm building it. So, so what if? you could just wear those high heels and really enjoy wearing them. Then they better be Michael what? Kors because those are super comfy. Okay. Yep. What, col what color? What? Um, the, usually just black. Simple black strappy Michael Kors shoes because those don't hurt my feet. So, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So, you still could do that and I enjoy I can still it. do it just as long as I have the right shoes, but it's hard to find the right shoes. <laughs> they had to be comfortable and be cute. You know, I have, I have to make this admission, and you know, some of my past relationships will will um, uh, confirm this. I'm very good at buying women's shoes. Really, nice. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a talent that I get to enjoy and make a lot of women happy. Very cool. Very very cool. So one, one day we'll talk. We'll, we'll not talk. We won't talk details now, because that that'll be too personal. All right. What stops me from getting what I want? Ooh. That's the question. What stops me from getting what I want? 
Here's another one. What would happen if I didn't do this? What will it cost me now or in the future? Hmm. What would I do if I could never fail? You should do everything anyways, regardless if you're going to fail or not. Because if, if you're scared to fail, wait, wait, then wait, you're... Wait, wait, wait. You're spinning it now. No, you're not, that's no it makes, that's it no makes fair. sense, though. That's no fair. But that's wait, no wait, fair. wait, 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 wait. No, my no, thing no, no, is no, no. you no need fair. to that's be scared. Okay. What? <laughs> you need to be scared. If you're scared you're going to fail, that means you're alive and you're, you're learning and you're growing as a person. So Yeah, you it, can still be scared, but just know that you're never going to fail. You see, what happens is that a lot of people don't move forward with something because they think they're just going to fail. They're too scared. Hmm. Some people are actually scared of success. So what if you couldn't fail? You know, that gives people the confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Because here's the thing, and I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I had a great uh, training today. I gave a training to some amazing people highly successful, high net worth. And it was one of my first ones in, in that kind of environment. And so I'm looking at these people and the accomplishments. It's like, wow, you know, how can I compare to them? You know, and I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to compare myself to them, I'm always going to fail because I'm never going to be them. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in society way too often is that too often we're comparing ourselves with other people. And that's the measure of success. So being, you know, a very uh, ambitious kind of person, being a super achiever, there's no such thing as overachiever. In my opinion, a super achiever. I like to achieve things. Mm -hmm. I like to make things happen. I like to make a difference. And so I just flipped it and said, okay, how is it that I can't fail? And so when I talk in those terms, then then the answer, my, my story was then, wow, I can't fail because all I want to do is I want to help them. I want to give them gifts of insights and perspectives that possibly can really change the lives or lives of other people. Knowing that they're so successful in, in an area of life that I know that they're successful in, which is business, right? I have no clue about the rest of their life. But the human experience typically, especially when you're so successful, is that you focus so much on one area of life that you just totally ignore the other. Hmm. So I went on that premise that part of their lives would be incomplete. The cool thing was is that my focus was then on not so much comparing me with them, right, and measuring myself against them, but more of I can't fail, right, because all I'm going to do is give them my best wisdom and appreciation and perspectives and the learnings that I have, and then it's up to them to use them or not. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so... So that was exciting for me that I could reframe, which is another habit, by the way, looking at something from a different perspective so that it gives you greater meaning. Too often are, we are wired, neurologically we're wired to look out for dangers. You know, that's why when we walk on the street and we see the newspaper, you know, big thunderstorm on its way, then you know what? You're going to look at <clears throat> the headline and, and read on. But you're not going to look at, um, you know, the uh, the school choir, you know, is raising a thousand dollars for um, a lost cat, something like that, right? That must be one special not, cat. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to listen to that kind of stuff. You're not going to read that kind of stuff. Hmm. So we're we're very much in that negative. You know, we talked about last time. I think you know when people complain. It's like a social currency. People are more familiar with complaining than than you know giving compliments. Mm -hmm. If you give if you get a compliment from somebody, well, you probably get a lot of them, so you wouldn't know. But <clears throat> perhaps there was a time when you were getting compliments that you were thinking, well, what do they want? Well, you don't have kids, so with my kids, for example, they give me compliments. Okay, what what's up? What do you want? <laughs> it was suddenly nice to me. He says, okay, what's up? What do you want? Really? Yeah, but they figured it out now. They just, you know, they forget the, about the preamble now. They just go straight at their dad. It's, okay, dad, I, I need your credit card. I'm buying this. I don't even ask anymore. 
You just hand over your credit cards? Yeah, I trust them. Wow. And and actually, they're very very mindful. Um, you know, they're 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 extremely mindful. I don't know where they got that from, but they're, they're always a very mindful wow. in that one. So, it's pretty cool. I think it's amazing you have you, you have kids that are old enough to know how to use a credit card. <laughs> she must have started having kids young. Well, I I freaked out the other day because. So I was in a different relationship, and she had children. Mm-hmm. And you know, their her oldest boy, um, for some reason, remembers numbers very well. Mm-hmm. And so once I gave him um, my credit card number to get something, uh, which is fine. And then about you know four months later, I suddenly see this charge. I says, "What the hell? Where did this come from?" And then I realized, you know, that I found out that he remembered numbers so well. That he just put it in. You see, he was. I was still waiting to give him my number the, the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I, but I didn't, and so he just went ahead and did it. So he did get asked permission, but I hadn't given the number yet. And then suddenly saw this charge. This is what the hell? How did this happen? Yeah. And then he told me he remembered my card number, and this was from four months before. I thought it was pretty amazing. Yeah. After that, I started remembering my own credit card number. Do you remember what your credit card number is? Yes. Uh, you can you can say it right now. What yes, but I will not. <laughs> I have finally have all my credit cards paid off, and I'm not going to charge on them or let anybody charge on them because I have n- zero balance on my credit cards, all of them. Ah, goal achieved. I just use debit cards. I don't build up any credit anymore. Yeah. All right, chapter fifteen. Tell me what you think about this one. Stand okay. guard at the door of your brain. Oh, stand guard at the door of your brain. Mm-hmm. Ooh, reiterate. What is that? Well, I'm asking you, what do you think that means? Stand guard at the door of your brain. Um, that is very interesting. I would think uh, don't believe in fake news and, and don't believe everything that you hear and to think for yourself instead of just going with the masses. Yep. You know, that's a quote from uh, Jim Rohn, um, amazing fellow, um, coach, thought leader, transformational leader, um, one of Tony Robbins' mentors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's how I begin, begin my chapter. Who do you listen to or get advice from? Are people supporting you or changing your ideas? Who or what influences you? Who's driving your bus? You or someone else and so the talk that i had today was about who's driving the bus as well you know what relationships are you in that are giving you information or making you feel obligated right Mm -hmm. to go on these red carpet events and all these things you know so standing guard at, at the door of your brain is just making sure that you filter the information that's very accurate and that serves you at the highest level. Bless you. Thank you. Because the problem then, again, is, you know, <laughs> I mean, some of the things I, w- I ask in my book is you have to ask yourself, you know, do the words inspire you and serve you? Do they cause you to take action? And what effect does it have on you? When words do not support you or violates what you believe in or value, notice what you do. Is your response serving you or hindering you? You know, who can you consistently listen to? So one of the things that, I, that I've noticed is that, you know, we like to belong. We like to have connections with other people. And just because somebody that you respect or value or feel you need to be connected with, they may tell you things that you just automatically take in. Is your phone going off? Uh, yeah, you got good, good ears. They're Thank not you. supposed I, to be I, calling me right I now. got them from the Mayo Clinic. Thank you, Mayo Clinic. <laughs> Man-made. Woo-woo. <laughs> that was the one in Rochester, right? No, actually, there is uh, one here right by Fountain Hills. Actually, there's two Mayo Clinics here. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I've that's been to right, both of them. Right, that's right. <laughs> A buddy, uh, buddy of mine, um, plastic surgeon, I was head of plastic surgery there in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. The Mayo. 
Um, yeah, he got almost got me incarcerated. Wow. Yeah, I, I ran the border <laughs> up in, the, in Canada to the U.S. Really? Yeah, I was a resident. No, I was a fellow. And what happened, I really probably shouldn't say this on live radio, right? It's going to get me in trouble. But uh, I didn't realize that we were going out of the country and I didn't have my passport with me. Oh. They were all Americans. They, they didn't care. They didn't care if I got arrested or not. So, um, but listening to other people, um, you know, how does that can affect you? And the problem is, is that when you trust someone and they tell you something and, and you listen to it and take it, take it on without any question, then you may be doing something that's very bad for you. Not necessarily bad in, in, in a grander sense, could be bad in a grander sense, but could also be really bad for you because it's not in alignment with, you know, what you truly believe in. Mm-hmm. See, you're in charge of your brain. You're in charge of your thoughts. You have to be responsible. And so that's what's unfortunate with all these protests right now. You know, I think people just join in uh, without even thinking. So you think people protest just to say they got to protest? I think sometimes people do that, yeah. I think so, too. I thoroughly believe. I think it's funny when you see, you know, different people getting interviewed while they're there and they really don't know what they're protesting. It's amazing. So this is why marketing is so so big in, the, in all worldwide and these this is why these people get paid so much money because the better you market something the better your product is going to sell mm-hmm. and so a lot of marketing has to do with um, specific anchors as we talked about specific associations with life but also emotional associations so mm-hmm. i've always liked coca-cola because it's the real thing. You shouldn't be drinking that. It's so horrible for you. But it's the real thing. Remember it's, the old commercial? It is the real thing, but it's real bad for you. Well, we're not talking about that. Okay. Right? We're talking about marketing and the commercial. Don't spoil my Sorry. show. This is my show. <laughs> but Coca-Cola has always had these phenomenal uh, ads mm-hmm. because they really were able to fine-tune into the, the emotion, culture emotion of so many people. And that's why their sales did really well. And so I never liked Pepsi because I never could relate to their commercials. The choice of the next right? generation? Well, I, I, don't, I can't even remember. It now, is, it's the choice of the new generation. That's, that's the... It is? Okay, that's probably the problem. <clears throat> so, so I never really liked Pepsi. And then obviously because I already had this pre-framed, this preconceived notion that I'm not going to like it, then I'm not going to like it, right? That changed the other day because I saw a commercial that I thought, wow, this is really cool. And, you know, and, and, and interestingly enough, and again, this is not a political forum, just so that everybody knows that. Interesting enough, <clears throat> people are very much up in arms about this commercial that the Pepsi brought out last week. Oh, is Do you that, know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, is that the one with that Jenner slash Kardashian people? We need to get rid of the Kardashians. Seriously, I'm so tired of seeing them. I've never well, seen this show. It's not about her so much. But, but yeah. It's about, huh? It's about, isn't that when she uh, hands a Pepsi to a uh, a policeman? Is that yeah. correct? And I know they're exactly saying if it. you look at history, the same scenes happened before, but it's with uh, some of the protesters were African-American and they were getting beaten down. And so they're saying using this person to depict that was a slap in the face to society. And do you agree with that? Um, I haven't seen the commercial, so I, I have to well, see it really. I mean, I read, I, I, I I read about it. I don't get involved. What? I've read about it, and I read both sides, but I, I can't make, form an opinion because I've not seen it. So I think that if we can just take the politics out of all this stuff, mm-hmm. right, and you see people are protesting, and then we have our um, you know police forces there to maintain law and order, right? Mm-hmm. And how, how much of a 
um, what should I put it? Uh, how should I put it? Uh, more of a chaotic, volatile situation, mm-hmm. right? In the past, if we make references to the past, it was like, okay, I'm going to hand you a flower of peace. Or look in the 60s. I mean, it was all about peace and love and let's hug each other and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is almost a throwback, in my opinion, to that time, you know, flower power. And so it's almost like, okay, here's my peace offering. You know, why can't we just see it for what it is that way versus looking, kind of finding all sorts of reasons what it's not? Make sense? Yeah, it so does make I'm gonna sense. So I'm going to try Pepsi next week. Okay. Let me know what you think. Because I really like that commercial. Really? Oh, my gosh. If you're going to drink soda, there's a soda called Zevia. It's sweetened with organic stevia plant, and it's so much better for you. Even diabetics can drink it. I'm not saying that you are one, but diabetics can drink it. It's not going to mess with their glycoma index or anything like that. So you know what's a really good product? You should, product, you should check it out. It's called uh, Sola. Sola? S-O-L-A? S-O-L-A. Okay. Yeah, it's better than stevia. It's phenomenal. Really? Is that, it's was it cooking. the gum fruit, or what is that? What is that name of that? What is it? What is it that it's not? It's better than stevia because I have a stevia plant at home that I use if I ever want anything sweetened. I just rip the leaf off and put it in there, and it works. Yeah, I don't like the aftertaste of stevia. Ah, but Sola, you should try it out. You can get it on Amazon. Okay. Good stuff. And it's it's no chemicals. It's all natural. Nope. All natural. Okay, because I'm like sucralose scares me, so I won't take anything with sucralose in it. It's chlorinated sugar. Well, we know that you know high refined sugars are the cause of so many problems mm-hmm. in life, diseases, and all that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I wish I had my Pepsi right now. <laughs> I have my glass of water. <laughs> oh my, my gosh! There you go. That's so much. You don't need it. You don't need soda. You just drink water. It's so much better for you. I didn't say I needed soda. You said you wanted it. All right. Well, that's different. I know. Want versus need. That's true. All right. How we <laughs> communicate does not work. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that one? I agree 100%. Um, Why? I think that the newer generation social skills aren't up to par because they're very much into uh, I, more computers and and texting and and less just sitting down and having a nice conversation. People don't do that anymore. People don't pick up the phone and call anymore. I don't talk on the phone because I can't hear it. But if I could, I would totally talk on the phone and have a conversation. But that's hard. <laughs> but, you know, I believe that uh, people don't communicate very well at all. Anybody who has to say a sentence and say, like at least four times i cannot stand speaking to them oh like what <laughs> like you know like so like i was going to like the store and no I, I hate that uh so if you use that word like in a sentence more than four times i just want to strangle you and be like okay you really need to stop saying like <laughs> okay right it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine so all right like huh I'm write this down. <laughs> Don't use that word. <laughs> you can see you like something and actually use the word as like. Can you read that? I can. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> so here's here's an interesting um, perspective on communication. All right, and I I I I'm gonna bet that you're gonna like it wrong. Okay. Um. So if you and I are communicating. Okay. And I'm communicating something to you. Who is, what's the split in responsibility in that communication of what I'm communicating to you? So is it uh, 50 50? Is it 60 40? What is it? I would think more of. 75 25 or 80 20 because the way you communicate or present that makes a huge difference as if i'm going to actually listen to what you have to say so you have the majority of the responsibility because you're the one that's doing the communicating it takes more thought process and more effort to communicate than it does to just simply listen in my humble opinion 
Dus als ik in Nederlands spreek, dan heb je geen flauw idee wat ik zeg. Are you speaking Dutch? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, that didn't help me because I don't speak Dutch. Right. So actually, actually, you're better. You, you, your answer was better than I expected. Not not because of you, right? You know. <laughs> I like I mean, to surprise like, you. Um, what? I like to surprise you. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when I think of other people, you know, like um, who don't speak. No, just kidding. You, you're not picking up my likes. <laughs> I'm ignoring them on purpose. Okay. <laughs> so I'm being respectful. Actually, you're 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 spot on. Because I'm actually responsible 100% for what I'm communicating to you. So what you communicate back to me <clears throat> is, is the feedback I get from you is the communication I give to you. So say, for example, uh, I say something and you're surprised. You know, and that's not the feedback I'm wanting to get. You know, if the feedback is happiness and I get surprise or anger, then I realize that I've not communicated to you what it was that I wanted to communicate to you. So I'm 100%. It's not up to you. I mean, you could totally ignore me if you want to. That's your choice, right? Or you could not speak the language, so it's still not your fault, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think this is where people get it wrong, where they're just expecting other people to understand you, and when they have no freaking idea what you're talking about, you know, it's not their... It's not really their fault mm-hmm. unless they don't care. But then again, it's up to what you're communicating. If you're communicating a way that doesn't you know, relate to them or don't care about, that's on, on you, not on them. Does that make sense? Yes. And so what happens so often is that, and you probably notice this is a lot, is that when you're communicating to people, is that they're all very eager to you know, say what they want to say right away without really letting you finish your sentence. Would you agree? I agree. Right. So what's happening when they're doing that? While the other person is speaking and they want to jump in and say everything really quickly, Mm -hmm. they're not listening to you because they're running through their head what they want to say. They're not being present. Exactly. Exactly. They're not being present. And the problem that so often happens with people is they, that they get really uncomfortable with pauses. <laughs> right? Well, so, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I, I, I'm challenged by that sometimes when I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. Very dynamic and active, and my my head is going, my brain is going like crazy to figure things out. <clears throat> and then I talk a lot faster. And then I hate the pauses because I just want to fill something in. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens too often is people are uncomfortable with pauses, <clears throat> and then they start making up all sorts of things. You know what's going on here? You know because our brain has to you know ask questions all the time. What does this mean? What does this mean? You know, we're meaning addicts. So here's the benefits of effective listening. Accurate information and greater clarity. Increased likability and respect. Better relationships. Better experiences. Better results and less mistakes. So when you listen, it really begins with your intention. Have the intention to be present with the other person in front of you and be curious without judgment. You know, one of the things that people like to do is they like to judge right away. And then as soon as you judge, then you lose the opportunity to see what their gift is. You lose the opportunity to see what's really going on. But again, it's, it's unfortunate how, how quickly people will be judging. You know, um, be open. And here's the other thing. I know this is not a problem for you, right? Okay. Um, so many people learn to, uh, to talk, not to look role so they talk to you but they don't look at you oh i mean look you in the eyes yeah in the eyes you know what i have that problem all the time with people not looking me in the eyes Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's your fault though (laughs) no it's not my (laughs) but it's true 
mm-hmm. because now it's sort of like when you look at somebody in the eye, then then it's almost like, well, I just used that word <laughs> by accident. <laughs> you only used it once in the sentence. You didn't use it four times. You're good. Right. So <laughs> what happens, I think, very often is that when when people use the expression, you know, the eyes are the... There are, the seat of your soul or something like that. The eyes right? are the window to the soul. Uh, window to the soul. And so I think what happens then is that people are scared to, as they look at someone, that someone will be able to understand what their real emotions are. Mm-hmm. Because in communication, we talked about this before. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to test you on this one. If you remember what I, if, if you're, if I, if you remember what you listened to before, if you, maybe you weren't listening to me before and couldn't remember what I said. But what I said was 7% of how we communicate is language. Then 55% is body language. And then I think it's 37, 37% is intonation. Mm-hmm. So body language is also are also our facial expressions. And so I think the other day I asked you what was wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. It was early on the show. And because you had a certain expression. And so I think what happens at times is that when people are communicating with others, they're scared to look at someone in the face because they're worried that their true emotions or thoughts will be revealed. Huh. Also, another thing, I'm going to use myself in this example because uh, I don't really know that many other people in my situation. Because of the how I was when I was younger with a hearing impairment, without choice, I guess you could say, my facial expression is extremely readable because I grew up not being able to really express what I was feeling through words. And so I was very descriptive with my face. So now as an adult, when I'm, when I'm mad, everybody knows, you know, or, or if I'm frustrated, everybody knows. And it's just because I use the, the body language and the face and everything. <laughs> I'm checking out your face. Um, no, actually, what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to look at my book and not listen to you and then, you know, be guilty at not listening properly. Thank you. Do you journal? I used to. I don't as much. Do you? So here's here's what's important about journaling. And... Um, I think it's it's a really good habit. I think some of the most successful people in the world uh, probably are avid journal journalers. Um, when you think about it, you know we have seventy thousand thoughts at least per day, fifty to maybe ninety thousand thoughts every single day. And so many of these thoughts, they could be strokes of genius. Strokes of genius, perhaps for you in your life. And so, what if you were able to capture just 20, 30, 40 years of all those brilliant ideas? And where would you be today? Because so much goes in their minds, so many ideas, so many perspectives, so many dreams, and we just don't capture those. So if it wasn't just for that, then could it also be for for this? Is that in our complex world, with so many things going on, so many obligations of red carpet events and heels and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're not responding. (laughs) No, I'm listening. Okay, you're listening. But you can listen with expression too, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens then is that, um, it can kind of be difficult to navigate through all these different conflicts, through all these different emotions, through all these different fears, through all these different challenges. And that creates stress. And that also then creates lack of health or sickness or disease. And so in that stress, if we don't properly process all that information then it's a problem 
And so one of the best ways, and science has proven this, is that, you know, you can journal, you know, write things that are happening, write down the great things that are happening, write down your celebrations. Most people forget the magic moments in their life. They forget the things that they, they celebrated once before. You know, if you could just come up with a list of all the amazing things that ever happened in your life, had them all in a book, and one day that you're really sad, you could get this book out and read all these amazing things would change your mood in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so by writing things down, you're much more able to process um, this information. Mm -hmm. All major decisions in life you know, actually have to be written down because there's no way that your brain can handle all that. Yeah, I don't know who that was. Their head was chopped off. <laughs> okay, it might have been Dave Pratt. <laughs> oh, okay. So here's, here's what happens. Journaling helps with stress management by more effectively processing and releasing deep emotions, conflicts, challenges, and finding solutions. Journaling positively impacts blood pressure, lung function, immune system, and other bodily systems. Journaling helps you to explore and clarify your thoughts more deeply and holds the opportunity to be even more creative in the process. Journaling enhances self-esteem by reducing stress, processing challenges, and capturing the great moments in celebration. So this is why this book is really cool, because it gives you a very simple to read distinctions of why it is that these things are helpful, from journaling, from focusing, from compliments, from how we communicate, routine your decisions, you know, letting your inner child out, you know, the system that's most flexible wins, all these different things. So if you're really looking to change your life, it's really helpful to get a book like this because personal development, you know, that's a journey. That's mm -hmm. a lot of work. And not everyone is up to the task, partly because they don't understand the value of it, but that's okay. But what if you could change one thing in your life? What if you just learned how to listen better than you used to? You know, what if you could process your, your challenges better by just starting to journal? Mm -hmm. Even if it's a legacy that you get to share with others and, um, you know, a legacy that you could share with others. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much stuff I've written and I'm sometimes wondering, you know, what's going to happen when my kids read all this stuff? I think they'll they might be shocked. No, I think they'll admire what? you. They'll they'll admire you. <clears throat> well, some, some things are really personal. Ooh, they don't let so, them read those. <laughs> no, I have to read them. So, what are your top three values? My top three values. Yeah, what are the, the top three things that you value? Integrity. Okay, so integrity. Honesty. I'll write this down. Okay. Honesty. What else? Oh gosh. The third one's pretty hard because all these all these different values are popping up in my head. All right. Well, give me give them to me. Uh, you know, just uh, to honor other people, to be respectful, to pay it forward, to love other people. To appreciate differences, to not judge, to accept. I'm sorry. There's always that. There's so many values that keep popping up in my head. I it's I can't just I I can't just pick three. There's so many. Okay. So sorry for rambling, but no, it's good. So, is integrity your number one? You think? Yes. Honor your word. All right. And so honesty and honor. So, and love others is somewhere in there, right? Yeah. So what's interesting is that a lot of what we do is driven by what we value. Okay. So we value integrity. So our intention in any given moment is to be in, in, in integral with the remaining four minutes that we have left. So, so it's important then in our own personal awareness <clears throat> is what's more important. And so in my conversation today with these incredible businessmen, 
you know, I gave him a list of uh, values. I said, okay, on one hand, you know, you could have values of love, uh, connection, uh, health, and and uh, fun. And then you could have another set of values, which is ambition, uh, success, uh, wealth, and <clears throat> and and marketing. Say, okay, mm-hmm. no marketing's done it. So, depending on the order of your values, your priority of values, it's also going to change your life. Mm-hmm. So, taking a moment, anybody listening today, is do this little exercise at home. You know, what are your top seven values? What would happen if you change the order of values? So in my particular case, it's health, it's love, it's connection. It's also integrity, honesty. And then somewhere comes fun, fun and ad- adventure, right? Worldly experiences. What if I put that worldly experiences on top, right? Mm. And then connection and then love, and then health. So health is now number four. Do you think I'd be doing different things? Yes. In life? Completely different. Yeah, I'd probably be jumping out of an airplane. Jumping out of an airplane, going, you know, trying whatever cuisine you want and not have to worry about working out because your values are is to be more worldly and to see what's going on right. out there, having fun, and, and I don't know. Uh, Health is such a big one for me too. Darn it! There's so many values. Yeah, but you didn't didn't share it with me. I didn't. Well, I I work out a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you you probably can't tell, but I actually do, um, because I health can. is very important. Strength is important. So, so that's for anybody listening. Is you know what's your value chain and hierarchy? Putting your values in a different order, so that um, that's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. And so we babbled on a little bit today. We were all over the map. Um, one of the interesting things is that my purpose is really to get other voices on this platform. And But today, because it was an important day and I was taking care of some amazing people that I didn't want to take a chance that I couldn't make it to my uh, interview today. So I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, prescription for your transformation, real people, real conversations, real success, talking to Wendy West, my producer. Always delighted to see you and always love the banter and the feedback and the challenges that I get, you know, from you. And again, this is really about sharing the wisdoms of other people so that you can change your life. I'll be back, I think, next week. I hope Take so. Care. I will. <laughs>Thanks for listening to Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Join Dr. Barton Rademacher live right here on Radio Star Worldwide each week or on demand 24-7.